project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Do you need a specialized recruitment partner to send you only qualified candidates? Do you need interim staff while you conduct a search for a permanent employee? Or are you losing hires to competitors? Renowned Talent recruits experienced HIM, RCM, and CDI professionals using their trusted candidate screening and retention process for health systems and employers around the U.S. Whether you have one or multiple openings that you need to fill ASAP, please visit Renowned Talent. And tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Again, visit RenownTalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, Talent.com, and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. I decided to change things up and put on some uh, holiday music. Hope you guys like it. Anyways, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our listeners listen to this podcast through their iPhone. So please pick up your device, go to Apple Podcasts, and leave our show a five-star rating and a review. You can check us out on social media, including Facebook and Instagram. Just check out Medical Coding Geek and the Not Also Classified podcast. You can check out our Facebook groups by going to medicalcodinggeek.com slash services. And while you're there, you can learn more about partnering up with Medical Coding Geek to promote your business or service. And you could find out how you could reach out to us if you need a speaker for your event. Of course, you could find me, Brian Kui. Last name is spelled C-U-I on LinkedIn. So today in the podcast, we continue our conversation with Sue Chamberlain from RRS Medical. If you didn't get an opportunity to listen to the first part, please go back, listen to part one of this conversation. So in today's episode, we continue our conversation in talking about release of information. We share some more stories and then we go into the kindness aspect of RRS Medical that attracted Sue to the company. So without further ado, here is part two of my interview with Sue Chamberlain. Enjoy. Yeah, it, it, um, it the old the old term for HIM was it was medical librarian, right? Yep. <laughs> so, That's the uh, first yep. and, and all of the stuff that you mentioned is like okay, regardless of of whatever record it is, it's up to us to put it in the right place, right? And so I've always looked at myself as that medical records librarian, even the even the training that I have, right? Like my wife, like if you should see my my garage. 
<laughs> okay. So it's it's Christmas time here. I had a pool. I, I categorized all my my storage stuff. You know, I I put everything up. All the stuff that I did in HIM, it works in my garage, right? Exactly. So then, when my wife needs something, who does she come? To the garage librarian so <laughs> so you know I, I you know i've always had that mindset like okay it needs to go whatever this piece of paper whatever this piece of information it needs to go somewhere uh this code needs to be classified as or whatever this condition needs to be classified as a code so we're essentially being a librarian as a coder it you know whatever you know i guess that our concern as an him person you know, regardless if you're HIM coding, CDI, release of information, you know, it always has, there's always a destination where whatever it needs to go, may it be a request, may it be a code, may it be an audit. And I think if we, and that's why I always talk about the bigger picture, because if you don't know where it's coming from, you sure as hell don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> you exactly. know? So, and that, that's the, that's the general idea. If you don't have the, the bigger picture or the latitude of understanding the full picture, you're going to be really confused. And I think that's, that's what's happening that I've seen in some release of information companies where they really have a limited view of, of healthcare, you know, and you know, when people are hiring, you know, release of information specialist. I I've, I used to work as an HM director uh, in a jail system, and I had very I had uh, interviewees that were very very limited. You know, because of course, then who, who's going to want who want to work at a jail? So yeah. I, had a, I had a very limited uh, interview poll. You know, poll pool. And uh, I did the best as I could to train them, but of course they're very limited in how the process works. And and regardless if I worked in a jail or not, I knew that you know I always mirrored whatever I did in the hospital. It could translate well in the jail because it's you know when you think also in the jail system, it works like a physician office outpatient setting. So you have to work it right. in, in that same way as well. And yep. um, you know, with, with the people that I that I had to bring on, it was very challenging, and I, I can see how it's challenging now, where they don't understand the process. And I think whenever you bring in release of information, they just know, you know, they get the request, then they have to process the request. But you know, when you think about it from a qualitative standpoint, I, I wrote down critical thinking, which is which is a yes. big component that we're not get, <laughs> that we need to bring yeah. out, and we need to evolve. Uh, My in the poor industry. team just keeps hearing that from me over and over again. Mm -hmm. I need critical thinkers. I need critical thinkers. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But some people don't understand what critical thinking is, right? It's, they they hear the term critical thinking, but but they don't understand what it is. And from my understanding of what critical thinking is, is what I'm just talking about. You have all of these, you have all of these components around you, but do you know how to take from one thing and put it here and put it there and under, and, and, and not just, you know, just two things, maybe three or four things, and then be able to, to juggle all that information and handle it and then put it to a specific destination, you know? Yeah. So, and, and do that repetitively. You know, exactly. so when when I think of critical thinking, it's it's putting your your thinking capacity to the max to where you have a desired outcome. Can yep. your can your thinking capability and your capacity handle a lot? And whenever I think of release of information, <laughs> I'm, I'm already stressed out because every time <laughs> every time I because I, I, I know a lot of release of information people, the, the students that I um that uh, well, at least one student that I graduated from, because when I when I taught her, I taught her from the beginning all the way to the end, 
from the first class to the last class. So she saw me every day for at least maybe two to three years. Yep. And uh, she she now works in release of information. She she was and still is a very good student. And uh, because of that, she was able to move up into the roles of management and all of that because she understood all the stuff that I gave her, you know, I'm like, good for her. And, uh, you know, even the people that I, um, I remember, this, his name is David, so I don't know, I think he listens to this podcast, but uh, when he first started <laughs> and I was working as a CDI, he would come up to me and he says, hey, uh, Brian, what, 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 what is this record? <laughs> what is this? What is this specific record? I'm like, OK, let me show you for a second what it looks like. But then when I teach him, I said, look, this is what it looks like. But this is the bigger picture. This is where it fits in. And we yep. need this this information or we need this form because of this. And so um, after multiple you know encounters like that, he became a manager himself. You know, so you know I'm always teaching the bigger picture to them. And and I think that's the that's what release of information people need. It's not just taking the request and processing the request. They have to understand the importance of the request. Yeah, I think it's it's even in some sense that you have to have a huge skill set for coding, absolutely. But you still have rules that are very easy to follow. I mean, you know, for the, they're not very easy to follow, but you have certain rules. You know how you do it. You know how to go through the chart. But I always say then the biggest reason I push critical thinking. So again, under Bloom's taxonomy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with how you get to that highest level with the critical thinking is it's beyond the, what I tell people is if you're learning how to do something that you do A and then B and then C, and you don't know why you do A followed by B and then C, then when you get a slightly different situation, you're gonna have to ask, how do I do this situation? Well, release of information, I mean, you rarely, rarely have a request come in that looks like a different one that you got before. Mm -hmm. And then you're dealing with requests subpoenas from attorneys Mm -hmm. and then you have work comp that has its own special roles Mm -hmm. and then you have attorneys that have i mean sorry just regular attorney requests insurance requests Mm -hmm. your audits all those types of things and you've got to know what you need and don't need for hipaa for tpo treatment payment and operations all of that that's why the part of the reason i outsourced was because a lot of times you give the release of information because again thinking the old days where you stand at a copier Mm -hmm. you don't need a high skill set you just take this record and copy it now it really takes more but unfortunately they give somebody that release of information in the office and it might be the person that do it in between in your spare time before checking in patients or something to that effect you've got some high risks. I mean, I used to have, I had in my day where I had, I had one um, a detective come in and threaten me that if I don't give him the charts that he wants, he's going to get a court order to take all my records away until he finds them. And then he's going to throw the rest in a trash can. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, they do that all the time. And he didn't really like it when I told him he was wrong. And he's like, I'm the person, I'm the law person. Well, I'm happy for you, but you don't know the law. And I got the same thing with attorneys. You get attorneys that I always say, I like to say that the attorneys that are, uh, you know, like corporate attorneys, but their brother-in-law wants something. So they write a big, tough question Mm -hmm. as the attorney and they subpoena the records. And you say, you can't have the records without an author court order. This is a subpoena. I I get it. 
<laughs> you know, right. so, um, you know, it's just the different requests and the different things that they ask for and they think you're just going to hand them over. Right. Well, right. unfortunately, that can be very intimidating, especially in a physician office mm-hmm. where they're not usually as well trained as an HIM department in a hospital. Mm. So at least in an HIM department in a hospital, you usually have some HIM, you know, RHIAs, RHITs there that can kind of oversee everything. And unfortunately, in an office, a lot of times you don't have people that have the skill set to understand how to deal with all of those that come in. So I always used to say, you know, you get trained by somebody who was trained by somebody who was trained by somebody. Right, right, right. And hopefully it was right somewhere because, you know, the cops show up, a subpoena shows up. It can be intimidating. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing because I, I, I said that happened to me. And uh-huh. I, when I used to work as an HAM technician, I remember it. I um, I graduated out of college and my first job was an HAM technician. And so um, the the when you open the door uh, to the HIM department where I used to work, uh, you, I sat next to the release of information people, which was only two people for for this big 300 bed facility. Yep. And and um, they walked in, they saw me and, and then they demanded, demanded medical records. They're like, I am from such and such department. Uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, and uh, if you don't give us this record, we're shutting down this department. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like you're like, what, what, what's because because my thinking is, what 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 happened, and I know from HIM school that there is a process to request these records. So they, they wouldn't tell me what they did to the request of records. They didn't tell me. And the, the RIO person, she's very calm. She's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And so it was like a group of, of individuals. And uh, they, they went to the administration office, uh, you know, on top of that. And uh, the administration came in and then they said, well, what's going on? And the HIM director was not available at the time. And uh, the, the coordinator, the, the, the release of information coordinator, thank goodness she has people skills. She says, OK, calm, calm down, <laughs> calm down. Let's let's sort this out. Please have a seat over there so that way we, we can figure this out. And and, and that's that, that was a cool you know move. And I'm, I'm sitting here like, you know. All I was responsible to do was pick up the records and, and check them in as they, as they were discharged. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I had to stand up. I, I stood up because I didn't know where to <laughs> Do I run? Do I put my hands up or, or something? You know, what's going on here? And um, and and it was a group of guys. And it was one tough guy. It had Oh, there's always one tough guy. Yep, and then when, when, they, when they sat down, the tough guy, the, the calmer guy out of the group says, He's always like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they still, you know, yeah, they still, I had the one detective, he actually brought me to court three days in a row with mm, the records geez. and wouldn't bring me up. And I had to drive two hours to get there each way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you just never know what they're going to do. So, you know, it, it can be fun. But the point is, is that you still need... Because you're going to get all those different things, you have to know. I, I always tell our team, you know, do you know what the patient wants and can you prove it? Mm-hmm. That's the big number one rule. If you just use that as your number one rule, you can apply it to almost every situation. Yep. 
Well, it's still tough because every situation is just slightly different. So you have to be able to use critical thinking Mm -hmm. skills to be able to determine. So again, because everything looks different coming in, you get different pressures from different people and it's such an impact. It's just, you know, it's a high area of risk, which is why I think sometimes it's tougher on the physician side than it is on the hospital side. But everywhere requires those critical thinking skills and big picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Correct. So um, a question that I have is like, aside from the bigger picture and uh, critical thinking skills, like if somebody wanted to get in, like, well, let me let me take a step back. Uh, the question that I really wanted to ask was because because you always wanted to get into release of information, right? So yep. what was it out of everything that you've had to deal with? And after what, 30 years in, in the in the game, you finally yep. get to release of information. What initially intrigued you that that you wanted to get to that desired specialty? I think for me, it was mostly that I really enjoyed like all the laws, the interpretation, mm-hmm. but also know that there's that immediate assistance to help patients. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just kind of the whole big picture. Now, uh, they usually didn't have, they had college, the college educated above everybody else as a supervisor, but not really involved as much. So I have been involved right from day one, just because it's always fascinated me. But it was just, it's like, you know, what are they asking for? What are they going to do with it? Um, I also, you know, just kind of used to talk to some people that were from the attorney side. You know, what do you do when you get the records? How do you look at them? How do you decide if you're going to sue or not sue? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you doing? So it's just, I think I've always been just kind of fascinated with that, the legal side of it, of what you can and can't do. HIPAA, I mean, HIPAA's been around for 20 years, and it was just kind of cool to put that around. I actually started before HIPAA. And so there was a lot of stuff that everybody would argue over and fight over. And can you charge for pages and can't you? And I, I don't know why. I just thought I, I I have always loved looking at systems and trying to make systems better. And I think that fascinated me with that as well. So, you know, I just I often say sometimes that I think uh, a wish becomes a prayer in a sense that you just never know when it's going to come back around. And that with this particular, um, I just, I so much liked working with them as a vendor and, and I'll, I'll throw out why I ended up with RS too. Sure. So they were actually purchased by another group and the new CEO, I had talked to him as a client when he had become involved, but in talking to him, when he was asking me to join the team, um, one of the things that we had as a pillar was kindness. So the three pillars, one of the three pillars of RRS, which is knowledge, technology, and kindness, I just, you know, things are changing in healthcare a lot. Mm -hmm. So throwing that out just from a general, when I first started, healthcare was all about taking care of patients. And it has definitely become more of a business now over the last, that has over the last 30 years. So being involved, um, having been in one place where it was all about business and not necessarily putting the patient where they where they should be as part of the process, it was just refreshing. So I just have to throw that out because 
I was just so impressed with him and the fact that he wants to run the company that way and how he treats people. So just throwing that out, that that's part of the reason why I decided to go that way. And it just happens to be that I always wanted to be ROI. So when that door opened, because again, it's about choosing which door you're going to go through, Mm -hmm. it just all kind of fell in place and working for a company like that, still responsibility and all that, but still with an overall kindness as a center feature, it was just, <sighs> so anyway. No, I, I, so, I, I, I like that um, going back, going way back uh, and you mentioned opening doors. So that kind of triggered something that I wanted to say is like uh, with students, they they want a specific door opened, right? And so the way the way you just explained it, you're always given another door, but yet you you took that door regardless. Like, and I'm I'm trying to make the point is that you wanted to be in release of information, but that door never opened, right? You took another door. You took coding. You took HIM. A, a door opened, but you're you're just like me. What's the worst that can happen if I take this opportunity? You know, yep. why not? Why, 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 why should I not take this opportunity? Because as an HIM professional, I think I'm, I, I would like to understand that area. Even though um, I, I may, not, may or may not be good at it, at least I have that underneath my belt. And, right. and for students that come out and say, well, I want this specific position. I want a coding position. I want an HIM director position. This is what I want, and that's what I'm going to get. And, and, and I'm here to dispel that because sometimes you will never, you won't get the position that you really want. And right. if you're given that opportunity and that's the only opportunity that you have, are you going to take it? I think you should because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to evolve. Again, like you, you, me and you, we never thought coding would be our forte, at least for me. Uh, you've tried it at least. Me, I like it. I, I like the intricacies uh, and I always apply all the HIM concepts to coding and, and try it again to, to take the bigger picture and make one flowing uh, system. Um, and and then when you get into now, it took what, 30 years? I mean, <laughs> for you to get her to release some information and that door after 30 years finally opens, you you take it, you know, but, but you know, they always say, you know, the journey is the best thing to learn from. And, uh, you know, after so many years of working in the industry, you finally get into release of information with a wealth, like you're, you're better, you're better now, or yeah. you, yeah, you're better now as a release of information if you had versus if you had taken it in the beginning exactly. you know you're a much stronger professional just doing the release of information back in the day i would have been processing but by the doors that i took so everybody kind of think about that by the doors that i took i got compliance under my belt which is a huge part of being able to do that mm-hmm. i had roi under my belt because that was all part of my team mm-hmm. So I was involved and learned and learned the different states and I learned the different requirements and understanding the concepts behind it so that now I'm a VP in compliance and education in ROI. And that gave me the reason that I know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. is because of that experience in all those different areas. So, you know, that's the thing is you want to be able to get a breadth of knowledge to be able to 
get to where you want to go. And if you refuse to go through some of the doors, because that's the other thing too, every job I took, almost every job I took was an increase in pay Mm -hmm. and an increase. So I get people, I mean, how many times do we see the, how do you get experience if you can't get Mm -hmm. a job unless you have experience? Mm -hmm. Well, your doors that are going to be available to you when you first got out of school are going to be very few choices. Mm -hmm. Let's take a moment for a quick break. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education, created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. And now back to our show. But when you go through that door, suddenly on the other side of that are going to be more doors. Correct. Yep. And then whichever door you pick there is going to offer you more doors. Mm-hmm. May not be the same as if you had chosen a different door before, but again, you're going to have different opportunities, but you take what you can get and see every single opportunity as an opportunity to learn and to be able to better yourself so you're in a bigger, better position for what the jobs. And I'm also going to say, again, not wanting to be in coding, I loved teaching coding. That was probably one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Now, part of the reason why, so I'll throw my to my instructor, Marie Sicklesteel at Ferris State, <laughs> She made everybody scared and not want to be in coding. <laughs> she was a great coding teacher, but oh my goodness. So uh, that was part of the reason why I would, didn't want to do it. Plus, I had a management instructor who was talking about all the crap sometimes you got to deal with in management. I mean, when you have to tell people that they need to take a bath and change their clothes more often. And those are hard conversations in there. It's not fun. But when you're in it and doing it, you suddenly learn sometimes that these opportunities um, are more meaningful to you than you ever thought they were going to be. Yep, yep. And, and, and never shut a door. Never, never shut a door. And and even though you you have a specific goal in mind, 
um, it shouldn't stop you from learning that process. Like if you want to be a medical coder, even though another door opens, uh, let's say, for example, you know, a lot of coders, they, they take front desk positions, right? Or they take building positions. And, you know, I've had previous guests that, you know, there's always a workaround. You know, you could always learn the process, but from a different perspective. And I think it's better if you learn it from the different perspective rather than directly. Because I think if you, again, just broadening your horizon a bit, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to learn that specific role. Learn the the outside, the outskirts of that role. And then somehow kind of, I guess, independently yourself, you need to start seeing how what you do currently, even though it's not at that role, how does it kind of conjoin with that you know and and because of your, your your curiosity in conjoining those two roles the one that you really want and the one that you don't want even though you're in that position um you you get more intrigued and you have a develop a better connection now like let's say for example you get into a coding role and then you have an issue from the front desk there's a well i used to work at the front desk and i know the intricacies of that and i know how to resolve that problem and so that you know you share that knowledge you have that specific knowledge and i know you know with all of the the doors that you've been through and all of the experience you know when now that you're a vp for a release of information company now you know you you're encountered in certain situations like well we have a you know with this specific release of information but we now have an issue with coding well back in the day when i used to work in coding you know we would do this and you would apply your experiences and uh your your challenges and see use it as a case study like you know i always like to to mention case studies in in my podcast in my presentations and i said well here's a case study that i've done and let's kind of see how we did it. Maybe it can mirror in our situation. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. Working for RRS Medical, mm-hmm. it gives me the opportunity sometimes to talk to clients that have a question that's really kind of unrelated to mm-hmm. ROI. Right. And that part, they may have a question regarding like some of the audits and what that means and what's going on with interoperability. Mm. And by having that background, I can at least give our clients that extra piece of information because I understand where they're coming from and I understand where the hospital's coming from. So the physician side and the hospital. So I know I'm one of the weird birds in HIM that I've spent about half my career in the hospital and half my career in the physician Mm. division. But, and and I've dealt with... (laughs) When you're on the physician side, they talk about the suits from the hospital. Mm-hmm. They have no clue what's going on here. And the suits just come down from the hospital and tell us how to do things, but they don't know how things here are run. And then you're on the hospital side that they're complaining because the physician divisions just want to do whatever they want to do and they don't want to do anything consistent and they don't want to work and we, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, when you're on both sides, and you've learned both sides and you've worked with the people from both sides, you can be that mediator mediator mm. to kind of explain, okay, this is why what's going on in the hospital side, why they're asking you this on the physician side and vice versa. So it's just, it has always been a benefit to me to have had that knowledge base. Yeah, I, so, like, I like how you mentioned you're the mediator. I think you're the one that that uh, provides the balance, the, the yin and the yang, and and in certain I situations. Patient, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they mean when they say that. Because yeah. the other part too is you get the physicians who get so fed up because a lot of times, you know, they're now held accountable for certain financial requirements, and that's again where we've become a business. So if the physicians are encouraged to do more surgeries, Mm. well, who are they going to do the surgeries on and what's the incentive for them 
to do, you know, more surgeries because there's pressure to do as much as their counterpart is. But if they don't feel that they meet necessity, now there's more of that whole big picture and what's happening. So they feel the pressure on that side, but their documentation may not support. They might already not need to do it. They just need to improve their documentation. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot of all of that, that, uh, you know, all comes together. Right. So uh, let's talk about a bit of the evolution of the release of information process or the release of information role. Right. So, yep. uh, if a student, you know, uh, wants to get into release of information, mm-hmm. you know, as compared to before, <laughs> as we've talked of historically, uh, how it was before, like what, like I know from a, from a pay standpoint, it could get better uh, or is probably is getting better. I don't know if from, from your, from your standpoint, but like, you know, what, what, what are, what are release of information companies looking now uh, for a more evolved role in the ROI? Well, I'll throw out side note is we actually sure. have one of the, the colleges in our area that I'm on their board. Oh, nice. Uh, advisory board they're looking at putting together a one-year ROI program Mm. for their uh, HIM students because it has evolved so much with what's going on so for the most part you're still going to get that an RHIT for example getting into ROI they may get into it as a supervisor Mm -hmm. now if you're a supervisor you better know how to do the job because Mm -hmm. you're helping some of the other people but some of the other areas you can go to um, right now is even working with the IT department as they're developing the EHR and they're developing now with the new apps that are required under interoperability mm-hmm. to release directly to the patients and to other healthcare providers. So with some of those new requirements that are coming out with the Cures Act, where it's mostly IT and the EHR vendors that have to come up with it because you know, we had some EHR vendors that were not willing to work with anybody else. Very nice. They weren't play, playing nice in the sandbox. Mm-hmm. So we have new new rules and regulations so that hopefully information can be shared and patients can get it more, have more access to it. Well, with that comes the need to be able to, again, define the data set, define what this data mm-hmm. element is mm-hmm. and where do you find it in the records and mm-hmm. where do you find it? in the hospital in 16 different EHR systems. <laughs> are we making sure we're pulling everything we need? Where are you finding it over here? You also can see that role being involved with maybe the legal department, at least working with them on the side or um, lawyers and that type of thing to be able to review records, to understand what's in it, to request the records so that they can come back and be audited and reviewed by the attorneys. So there's a lot of RHITs that are working for attorneys doing just that Mm. and looking at the records to determine at least a first pass, is this worth sending up to a physician to review where we might be able to, you know, sue, car accident, whatever, whatever, whatever. So there's a lot of different areas that it is. A lot of it will still be more middle management or above. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. So... Uh, so HIM has an involved role, you know, from a, from a supervisory. And I think what's most important is, can you manage people? <laughs> when you said supervisory, 
Yeah, it's important to have that skill. Right, right, and I think that's most important. I think uh, if they're, I because because I always laugh at that because my first role aside from the HIM technician was an HIM director and it was a slap in the face of reality. And so, you know, if yeah. I, I think students need to be prepared for that, you know, for, for that dose of reality, but not in terms of, okay, I need to understand all of this information, but I have to deal with this people. And sometimes, you know, this, the, the college that they're involved in, you know, it's a certain level of uh, dealing with people, but not from a professional standpoint to the point that right. it, 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 it it uh, it affects their paycheck, you know. So so you're. I, I guess what you're talking about then is also there's different specialties in release of information. Uh, right. So there's different aspects in release of information that you can specialize, but then it always comes back to the whole. So as we've already talked about earlier, the supervised ro- roles that are uh, potential for those. And I think that most companies would say if you get your RHIT, you can be elevated to. Uh, a supervisory role or a management role uh, and and those that don't have it they, they're more of the technician roles and and processing the requests etc um, and RHITs don't necessarily get all that management training that an RHIA does mm-hmm. so it will be important to so my little story um, so I graduated my RHIT equivalent mm-hmm. went to work while I was working on my bachelor's mm-hmm. I was a sup- I became a supervisor nine months in, and I was working second and third shift. Wow! And I couldn't. I so I was I was operations supervisor over second and third shift, and I couldn't understand why when I went to the director and said, "Here's what we need," she didn't just go get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I sometimes would really push back and say, "This is a simple request," and she'd say, "No, there's a lot of stuff to it." So years later, when I saw her at another meeting, I apologized to her for being such a terrible supervisor, <laughs> because once you get into the field, you understand the politics. Yeah. That yep. You know, it sounds good, but if you don't have the budget, mm-hmm. you don't, you have some other issues with other departments that want to take on this, but not this, you know, there's so much more to it. You have to be open and kind <laughs> and to be a good manager and to really listen and figure out, you know, what you do when you're supervising people, because some people try to get into that role and think that it's a role of power. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. It's a role of understanding, listening, and trying to help. Correct. And, and, and the, the evolution of that, I guess, from, from, a, you mentioned power and then now you mentioned mentioning kindness, uh, with this company, and one thing when you mentioned kindness, the one thing that comes to my to my mind is is emotional intelligence, is understanding you know the emotions uh, and and dealing with the emotions of your employees, and I, I can see why why kindness has been one of the pillars of the company, and I think you know most companies are, are evolving into that type of model where you know they're considering the thoughts of the employees, they're considering the the work life balance. Uh, of the employees and making sure that if they are, you know, if they take care of themselves, then they'll take care of the company in the end versus uh, the old way, (laughs) kind of like the the militaristic way of, you know, keep working, keep working, give me production, give me production, meet your quota, exceed, exceed your quota uh, without asking, are you okay? You know, those type of situations. But also asking, what do you need to help you meet the quota Mm -hmm. instead of just go do it? Yep. Yep. What's what's standing in your way? Now add to it, 
you know, a COVID pandemic, everybody suddenly having to work from home instead of in the office, having to take care of their kids because their kids aren't in school. I mean, it's been a year of upheaval that, you know, everybody kind of needs to take into consideration. Everything's changed. How are we going to function with that? And again, that's your supervisors to your manager on up kind of roles that you've got to think about, you know, if you want to be in that type of position, those are the things you have to be able to react to, figure out how we're going to do it. This doesn't work. Let's try something different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a hard lesson. And I will also say one of the things that are very tough for the students to think about is when you're a coworker and suddenly you're promoted and now you are a supervisor or manager over your previous coworkers, Mm -hmm. that's a nice little life balance there too. (laughs) So, um, you know, just something to consider as you're moving around through some of those things in your career moves. It is tough to do, but it can be done. Yeah, I, I've seen that now. Oh, you mentioned COVID. Uh, I guess one of the big pushes that, you know, with um, with uh, people working at home, you know, and especially for those that have never worked from home, are they okay? Uh, for example, like my sister, she she works as a, as a trauma registrar uh, up in North Florida. And uh, she used to work on site before COVID. And then when COVID hit, uh, they were already thinking about a remote program before COVID, and then as soon as COVID hit, okay, well now we, let's let's uh, implement this remote program right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so then I asked my sister. I said, "How how are you doing with you know working from? Because I I you know from 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 twelve years as a CDI, I was working at a hospital, and then all of a sudden for the past almost three years I've been working at home. And so it was a big transition for me. And I asked my sister, I said, well, how, how are you doing? How are you? Do- it's so boring. I don't drive anymore. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, here's some trick. You know, if the time that you were, that you were supposed to spend driving, you needed to get up and do something before that to kind of prepare your mind. And then when you're done, decompress the time that you were supposed to be driving, decompress and go home. Uh, so, you know, when you look at those roles, you know, the, the, definitely the the role of the manager at that point when they're and that was my point is uh, is when they're sending the, the employees home, they got to make sure that they're OK, not making sure that they're doing their job, you know, because 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 before covid working from home was a privilege you know it was uh it was like something that you work for and if you uh messed it up you lose that opportunity but even if now you mess it up you still gotta work from home so uh but working from home as i mentioned before in previous podcast episodes and webinars it is a challenging position and so uh, i can see where managers now uh and companies now they need to make sure that their employees are okay you know making sure that they're working right they have what they need uh, and that's the question that they get because now I see management companies or, or companies just in general, they send out employee surveys. You know, do you have what you need? Do you have this and that? Are you okay? Is 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 the man is management doing the job that they need to do to do your job better? You know, those type of situations that I've never seen before, but now starting to see all of that. And then when you apply the kindness concept within the company, you could see that it's it's now evolving into a more a caring environment for the employees. But it also then, because I think, uh, um, I can't remember, Branson, I think it is, that says, you know, if you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of your customers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, that if, if you know, I mean, when you have somebody talking to a patient who's very, very stressed, because 
that's the other part is if you really think about like when we have to talk to patients and they need their records, they're most likely sick or they just had an accident mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever, whatever. And they are at ultimate stress. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's very important also to have that whole as a pillar towards clients, as a pillar towards patients, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, but that's the nice part too, is I've got enough experience now. So from a student standpoint, I can do pretty much anything I want in HIM. <laughs> right. Because I've been everywhere, done everything. Mm -hmm. What's really nice now is that I can choose where I want to work, what I want to do, and the type of people I want to work with. Nice. And right. that's the part that's, you know, it takes you a little while. You might get some crap jobs, which I've had. But that's the thing is, again, open the doors, go through them, figure out where you are. I mean, I've never had any real short term. So I know it sounds like I did all these things. I, I job hopped, <laughs> never job hopped, but um, it's opportunities that came my way. And again, you got to work hard when you're <laughs> when you're in those jobs. But mm -hmm. yeah. Just don't turn down opportunities. Uh, Sue, thank you for being a part of the podcast. Let's get to the last two questions. Uh, first question for you is, what does the future hold for Sue? Well, ideally, in not too far away retirement, but even in retirement, um, I always have said I want to teach until I'm 92 and I can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's nice. So I'm hoping that I will continue to be able to use my experience to help and to educate. I think education is the way to solve everything. Yeah. Um, so uh, I hopefully agree. I can keep doing that and uh, sharing my experience. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, education, if, if, if anything else fails, education is something that you would fall. Educating others is something that yeah. you would fall on. And um, another thing that I would add is that even in your role, even though because some pe some some people don't think they can be educators or they can't they can't be communicators, well, that's something you need to focus on, you know, throughout you know your career. Uh, and and I've always said, you know, if you're doing a job, if you really know it, could you explain it to somebody that you know that doesn't know it, and to the point that they are very proficient in it. You know, and that's how I kind of gauge my knowledge. Like if I'm able to teach somebody how to do it, then then I think I know my stuff, you know, <laughs> or if at least they find it interesting, then OK. Well, and that's one of the ways they say the best way to learn is by teaching somebody else. Correct. Correct. So, that's yeah, something that's that I've always lived by. Yeah. Yep. So I appreciate that. Uh, definitely. We see eye to eye on a lot of things. So <laughs> it's great. Uh, so the last question. And again, thank you for being part of the podcast. Uh what Thank last you me. you're welcome uh what's what last words of advice could you give to our audience so um i think we already hit for the student standpoint mm -hmm. to um you know be open um for all opportunities um for everybody else uh one of the things i'll throw out just because of again being so focused now on the roi side um do you know that your team understands everything that needs to that they that um your risk level is low and that you're taking care of your patients patients are the are the most valuable resource to a physician's office and 
are you sure that those patients are being taken care of by what's in the medical record, where it's going, that it's protected? It's not going any place that it's not supposed to go, all of that type of thing. So just kind of think about that and evaluate that. And then I do want to just throw out at rsmedical.com, um, there are webinars that I've done that especially people that are looking for CEUs, okay. they can go there and be able to get some free CEUs. Um, we just ask that you put your title in there so that, you know, they know um, if you're a student, that type of thing in there. And then if you can follow us on LinkedIn at RRS Medical, you'll also get notices of any upcoming webinars and education because again, part of the reason I joined RRS is they gave me the opportunity to educate. Nice. So I try to hit education on different things that are coming up, but I even put out some stuff on some of the COVID coding mm. when it came out. So I don't just focus on just release of information. Um, we try to do some things for providers. We try to do some things for you know, people in the HIM area, release of information, that type of thing. So if you follow us on LinkedIn, you will be able to get notification for when those come up. So there you have it, that completes my conversation with Sue Chamberlain. You could find out more about Sue and RRS Medical by going to rrsmedical.com, where as she mentioned at the end of the podcast, that she provides webinars. So again, you can go to RRS Medical, go to the resources tab, and you can find the webinars and check them out. And before I wrap up this episode, I want to wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, I hope you all spend your times with your families and please continue to be safe and healthy as we go into the next year. Geek.com.